Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues on in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with this message entitled, Our Life in the Spirit. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 7, verse 5. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit that refreshes your people, that causes people to be soft toward God, that people repent of their sins, confess, and renounce that they may find mercy. Lord, teach us to live all of our life in the energy of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are Greek scholars, you can turn to your Greek text, Romans 7, 5, and 6. For when we were in the flesh, the passions of sins, which through the law were powerfully and effectually working in our members to bring forth fruit to death. That speaks about our past unregenerate life. And verse 6, But now, We have been discharged, set free, released from the law, having died in that which were holding us under as prisoners. We serve in the newness of the spirit, serve God. In the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the written code. So the subject, friends, is our life in the spirit. Only two points. Our past life and our present life. Our past life entesarchy in the flesh and our present life in the spirit in the Holy Spirit in one sense the unregenerate live by the spirit and we read it in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3, but it is the evil spirit. And they live in complete obedience. Unbelievers call, are called sons of disobedience, but they are sons of obedience to the evil spirit. But in this text, the first point is our past life in the flesh. And our present life in the spirit. By way of introduction. An unbeliever. 
a son of Adam. Sir, you have to exercise your mind. Those who don't understand the truth will never live a godly life. So that's why you have to stretch your head and brain. An unbeliever, a son of Adam, is under sin and under law. When we say under, it means under its rule and authority and dominion and power. He is under the power and dominion of sin. He is under law's curse and condemnation. He can only sin. He is like the worm in the sewer. He can never get out of the sewer. He can only live a life of lawlessness. But we learned that believers are united not to Adam. Thank God we have been taken out of Adam. We are united to Jesus Christ. A believer is in Christ. He is not under sin anymore. He is not under law. He has been delivered from the power and dominion of sin and law. And he has been delivered once for all from the law's curse and condemnation. So we read, we died to sin. Chapter 6 verse 2. And we died to law through the atoning death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, friends, the Christian is dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. He is risen with Christ to live a new supernatural resurrection life. Sin shall not have dominion over him. Likewise, the Christian died to the law. His former husband, he set free from the law that he may be married to another, even Jesus Christ, to produce fruit for God. And we define the fruit as fruit of holiness, fruit of obedience, fruit of good works. So as believers, as Christians, we are not under the rule of sin or law. We are not under law, but we are under the rule and kingship of grace, the greatest power in the universe. Sin reigned in death, but grace reigns now in our lives through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace superabounding and all conquering grace reigns in us. So do not forget that delivered from the bondage to sin and law, we are married to our husband Jesus Christ. The proof of this heavenly celestial marriage is a life of holiness. Christian has absolutely nothing to do with antinomianism, lawlessness. 
We read the other day in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, God disciplines his sons for their good that they may share in his holiness. Because God is holy, his children necessarily are holy. And if you are not holy, you are not the child of God. So our text, Romans 7, 5, and 6. And we will deal with these two things. First, our past life in the flesh. And second, our present life in the spirit. Our past life in the flesh. For when we were in the flesh, this verse, 5 explains verse 4 which said we are now married to Jesus Christ to bear fruit for God for when we were in the flesh that is under the power of sin and condemnation of the law we were barren We could only sin and sin again and sin more. We were. 6.17 it says in the past we were slaves of sin. Sin is personified. Sin is the greatest power in the world except for grace. For God. In the past we were slaves of King Sin. Again, chapter 6, verse 20. In the past we were free from righteousness. We had nothing to do with righteousness. We did not do anything that was pleasing in the sight of God. And 6, verse 21. True, we bore a kind of fruit then. But it was fruit of shame. So Ephesians 5.12 says. For it is shameful. Even to mention. What the disobedient do in secret. We were. Not only that we were in the flesh. The word flesh has different meanings. It can mean the soft part of the body without the bone. It can mean the whole body. It can mean the whole mankind. But here it is used by St. Paul the first time in ethically depreciatory sense of sin-controlled human life. An unbeliever dominated by sin. It is in this sense Paul uses flesh. Here in verse 18, verse 25, and chapter 8, verse 1, verse 3, two times, verse 4, verse 5, verse 8, verse 9, verse 12, verse 13. It is a great exposition of flesh in this nuance. Flesh speaks of sin-controlled, unregenerate, Pre-conversion existence. 
when we were under law under sin under satan under death it has reference to in adam existence if you read romans 8:5 through 8 it tells you something about in the flesh existence such people their mind is enmity against god they hate god they hate god's word they hate the pastor they hate the elder they hate everybody who preach the word of god they hate the father mother who speak anything about god enmity against god such people do not submit to god's law number 3 they cannot submit to god's law and they do not please god and every unbeliever is in the flesh in this ethically depreciatory sense every unbeliever is a pharisee his confidence is in his flesh he is self righteous he is graceless lifeless without holy spirit he is hopeless miserable wretch he is engaged in self service which is sin service which is satan service which is a death service oh he's very active he's very hard working sir and you will see pretty soon there are only two classes of people in the flesh people and in the holy spirit people in adam people in christ people and in the flesh people are hard working people they are not lazy people if you want to know activity go to the sewer there is a lot of activity sir there's a lot of going and coming sir there were hard working people the notice the sinful passions aroused and inflamed and intensified by the law were powerfully and effectually at work in our members our body our bodies have desires and appetites they are god given and therefore good but sin twists and perverts these desires and appetites and drives and passions our sin nature corrupts them and law aggravates and inflames them and law makes you sin more take the case of obesity eating is a wonderful blessing Well, look at obesity and the opposite of it anorexia alcoholism greed not so much money i have to have more and so your marriage is over and everything is else over you know greed idolatry law arouses sinful passions in unbelievers law functions as a catalyst 
to promote more sin. Professor Morris says the very law that prohibits sins encourages us to do them because we are impure. There is the sign, don't spit here. And all of a sudden, the mouth is working hard and you have, you want to spit. And some do spit right there, says don't spit. Or don't walk on the lawn. You re- all of a sudden, you really want to walk on the lawn. It's not law's problem. It is our sin problem. The more law forbids sin, the more unbelievers want to sin. That is a function of the law. For example, sex education. Martin Lord Jones speaks about it. And others have spoken about it. And stupid educators said we should do it with first grade. And if he can do it uh, in kindergarten, that will be better. And such sex education produced more immorality in this country. Not less. Cause of sinful acts lies in sin nature, not in God's law. Lord does not cause passions of sin, but stirs, arouses, inflames, intensifies them due to sinners' enmity toward God's law. When Lord tells sinner not to do something, our sinful nature rebels and do evil with intensity. So law increases rather than decreases immorality in the world. Read chapter 6 of Romans verse 12. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And Jesus Christ said the problem is not environmental. No, that's what they said. We are saying now, isn't it? It's all environmental. It's not. And you are a fool if you say it is environmental. Jesus said, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. And all these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. And you go home and read a long list of uncleanness in Romans 1.28 through the end of the chapter. Works of the flesh, you want to know? The works of the flesh are obvious. Galatians 5.19 through 21 Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Works of the flesh. Oh, it's busy. People are very busy, sir. Very busy. Working very hard, sir. In the night and in the morning, sir. Colossians 3, 5 through 10, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And keep on reading. These sinful passions, aggravated and inflamed by law, 
powerfully and effectually. We're working in our members before we came to know Christ. If you are Greek scholars, imperfect attempts, energeto, constantly, continually working, powerfully working. Working continually and powerfully and effectually. That means he too will complete that sin. There is no halfway in this business, sir. Because the devil demands that you sin and sin more. You will begin and continue and complete it. A sinner is a hard worker. He has great demonic energy. He serves self and Satan by continuous sinning. He is a slave of sin. He is like the man with the legion of demons. He is powerful and restless. He sins always in the daytime and nighttime, and especially at nighttime, in thought and in imaginations, in word and in deed. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ways of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, it is that evil spirit in you, making you powerful in the doing of evil. They use all their faculties, their mind, will, affections, all parts of their bodies and their monies in the service of sin. They are busy doing it. Chapter 6 we read. Unrighteousness, uncleanness, lawlessness, wickedness. Shame, 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 shame. But they have no shame. They glory in it. They parade in the street with it. Philippians 3.19. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. First Peter tells us chapter 4. Therefore since Christ suffered in his body. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result he does not live the live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires rather for the will of God for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do living in debauchery lust drunkenness orgies carousing and detestable idolatry they think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation and sinners, they produce fruit, sir. And you read the fruit to their master, death. They serve king sin, chapter 521. They serve king death, 514, 521, 621, and 623. They serve sin and death. Sin and death. Sin and death. They render service to death every day. They work for death. 
Death is the end secured by sin. Life of sin is a life of death. Sinners die daily in their mind and body. Have you, you can see these people wasting away. First the mind. They are given depraved mind. Wasting away. Each day's work produces more misery for them. They die spiritually, physically, prematurely, eternally. They are working hard, sir. But as I said, they lose their mind first. So that they will not understand what the Bible has to say. But we learned in chapter 7 verse 4. But believer, bring forth fruit of holiness to our God. Sinners bear fruit of sin to death. Friends, are we not glad that we were no longer, we are no longer under sin, under law, under death. We are under grace and we receive eternal life. Let's praise the Lord. And number two, our present life in the spirit, verse six. Notice in the Greek text, but now. And you see that expression in 321, 622, but now. We were, but now. What a great contrast between our sinful past life and our holy present life. Our past was darkness, pitch darkness. Our present is bright light. Our past was death. Our present is life eternal. Our past was condemnation. Our present is justification and sanctification and glorification. We were in the flesh, but now we are in the spirit. We were old sinner John, but now we are new Saint John. We were under sin, now we are under grace. Before we serve Satan, now we serve Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now we are in Christ. We are a new creation. Before we were energized by Satan, now we are indwelt and empowered by the Holy Ghost. And that's what you are experiencing. Holy Ghost coming upon human beings. Changing them, transforming them, giving them a new mind, a new energy, new understanding of the will of God. Now we have been discharged, set free from what held us as prisoners. Praise be to God, we are set free from law. Law of God condemned us, law demanded our death, and we died in the death of our substitute, our head and representative, Jesus Christ. We died in his atoning death. Therefore, we died to the power of sin, and we died to the power of law. Law cannot make any more demand on us. We are set free people, set free by Christ. By his death, set free from sin, law, death, and the wrath of God. We are discharged from sin, law, and death, and wrath of God forever. We have nothing to do with it. And uh, friends, we do not go back to the dominion and power of sin, law, and death. Never, 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 never. We are secure eternally in Jesus Christ. 
Not only we are set free, friend, we are united to Jesus Christ, we are married to Christ, we are set free from sin, law, and enslaved to Christ. 6, 18 and 22. And set free and enslaved. Oh, what a great and glorious and delightful slavery. Enslaved to God, to righteousness. We are the bride of Christ. We are slaves of Christ. What freedom, what joy, what glorious future. We are set free from the regime of sin and the regime of law. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under law. We are redeemed from the law keeping. And Paul said, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. It's all through Jesus Christ and his work. The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And take a look at chapter 7 verse 24 and 25. Oh, what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. What's the answer? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord by his atoning death and resurrection. We are set free from all sinful bondages. Now we enjoy the glorious bondage to Christ our liberator. No more obligation to sin, law, or death. Jesus Christ paid all our bills in full. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. As a result of Christ liberating us from all bondages, we now serve continually and joyfully God in the newness of the Spirit. Thank God for forgiveness of all sins. And we glory in forgiveness of all sins. But we thank God also for holiness. Beyond forgiveness, saints of God in the new covenant live a holy life. In the newness of the spirit, it is the will of God. We live a holy life. Without holiness, no one will be able to see God. Christ's bride is not dirty. And filthy, Christ's bride is holy, clean, blameless, without spot or wrinkle, and radiant. And if you are not a holy person, you don't belong to Christ. If you do not live a holy life, we are still under sin and law, we are still in the flesh. God's people are being sanctified because they are justified. We serve God in holiness, in the newness of the spirit. Not in the oldness of law written on a stone or a scroll. The law could not justify, sanctify, give life. It condemns, it curses, it aggravates sin, it defines sin, it kills. And finally it can point to Jesus Christ to justify and sanctify us. Law says, I cannot do it. He will do it. 
Thank God for Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ made us new creations in whose hearts the Spirit has written the law of God. Now we delight in the law and do that in the energy and power of the Spirit of the living God who is in us. We serve God in the newness of the Spirit. Spirit brought newness to us. He made us new. He regenerated us. We are born of the Spirit. We have been born from above. We were flesh. Now we are spirit. We received divine nature. We have a new mind to think God's thoughts, new wills, to will God's will and do them, new affections and emotions, to hate what God hates and love what God loves. Oh, because of the Holy Ghost. So we read, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Christ. And the same Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon us and rest upon us, indwells us, applying Christ's redemption to every elect. He gives us a new, gives us new wisdom, new knowledge, new understanding, new counsel, new supernatural power, new fear of God in which we delight. It is grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. We are new covenant believers whose sins are forgiven. We know God. We have a new heart. We have a new spirit. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have a new family, the Holy Church. We have the Holy Scriptures authored by the Spirit through which scripture we interpret all reality and we submit to it every thought. I said you cannot believe in evolutionary hypothesis and medical model. If you are believing in it, you cannot be a Christian. It is God's universe and God is moral. And don't ever accept that. And excuse our sin. It is a nice device. A philosophical way out. But it's no good sir. It will take you to hell itself. We have new hope. The hope of the glory of God. We walk according to the spirit. In the light of the word 8.4. Romans 8.4. We please God by serving him and worshipping him. And we are told, Holy Spirit sheds abroad in our hearts profusely and mightily the love of God which impels us and motivates us to love God and keep his commandments. Take a look at Romans 8 beginning with verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by flesh, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. The great difference between an unbeliever, one who lives in the flesh, and a Christian is the Holy Ghost is living in him. And so chapter 8, verse 13, take a look at it, says, those who have sin problem, here is the verse, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit you put to death 
the misdeeds of the body you will live. We have the power to kill. To put to death. The sin that still dwells in us. By not positive thinking. But by the might and power of the Holy Spirit, sir. Spirit has made us good trees. And so we produce a good fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We live in the Spirit. We wear brittle, old, broken wineskins no more. God has made us new wineskins and poured into it the new wine of the Spirit of the living God. And so we do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual song. Singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord. Worship, sir. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Five participles depending on be filled with the Spirit. You have problems submitting to anybody. What you need is Holy Ghost. So we worship in the spirit and work in the spirit. All of our Christian life is to be lived in the newness of the spirit. When we serve God in the newness of the spirit, there is joy in serving Jesus. Christians are spirit created, spirit filled, spirit controlled, spirit satisfied. We are therefore a happy people. We do not crave for the world and its allurements. We crave for the word of God. We long for fellowship with our God. We hunger and thirst for God. And we are filled. This spirit creates new life, new vision, new purpose, and new ambition in us. This spirit fills us with power to do all of God's will. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, sin is the greatest power next to God. Thank God it is next to God. And St. John says, but he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We can do all the will of God through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me by his indwelling spirit. We were serving sin daily. Chapter 6, verse 6, 16, 17, 18, 19, 22. But now, thank God, we serve. And we serve constantly. We serve daily God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Serve God in the newness of the spirit. Friends, if you have experienced this freedom, this life in the spirit, if you have been set free from sin and law and death and the wrath of God, if you have been married to Christ, regenerated and indwelt by the spirit to serve God with celestial delight, let's give praise to God. Hallelujah. And those who are still in the flesh, slaves of sin, I have good news for you. Call upon the name of God. He will save you too. Today. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to rejoice in the gospel. That we 
serve God in the newness of the spirit now oh we were serving Satan serving flesh serving sin serving the devil serving self we were in serious bondage oh thank you for deliverance for salvation Lord we pray that you save those who are still in the flesh enable them O Lord in sincerity and truth to call upon the name of the Lord and the Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved this we pray in Jesus name Amen you have been listening to Grace and Glory audio of this message entitled Our Life in the Spirit come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew